Hour number three of Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio is presented by Soul Sports at Casino del Sol and Tucson Federal Credit Union along with the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. Justin Spears here with Ali Farhang. Got one more hour <clears throat> left of today's show. At 525, Adia Barnes, Arizona women's head basketball coach, will be calling into the show. And then at 540, we got Saul Bookman, general manager from PHNX, calling in to talk about Waste Management Open. Also, Super Bowl 57 in Glendale and the Phoenix Suns officially announcing their new owner, Matt Ishbia, earlier today. But, Ali, we got a special guy in studio. Yeah, you brought your bro. Brody. <laughs> yeah. Brody Dryden joining us here in pleasure, studio. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, having me, guys. No, we appreciate you, man. Yeah. Th- th- I've been in a few, uh, three or four different radio uh, booth studios in my life, and this one has the most personality, I think, out of any that I've been in. So it's uh, it's a cool, you guys have built a cool little uh, man cave in here. Yeah, it's like, like a, it. it's like a clubhouse almost. Yeah. It really is. And it, it if you look around, it's kind of got aspects of both me and Justin. Like, uh-huh. you know, there's a picture of Fletch right behind you in the Laker uniform, right? That's six, good. Five, six, nine with the Afro. And then you see, you know, a lot of, like, Charger stuff. And, and then you've got actually some Dungeons & Dragons stuff for Andrew. So, yeah, a little piece of all of us. Yeah. This is, I, I like the Mac, uh, the Mac flag up there. Some action. Is that Arizona Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had the commissioner of the Mac on the show. He came in and he brought us a – they fly the pirate flag every time there's a big Mac win. So he brought yeah. us a, a Mac pirate flag. That's awesome. We're always flying the flag here, man. Yeah, yeah love it. So tell us, man, uh, you know, last time I think we had you on the show, you were uh, broadcasting for Arizona women's basketball. Yeah. So – What's new in the life of Brody Dryden? Yeah, you know, I was uh, still doing stuff um, over on the uh, Learfield side of some U of A broadcast, doing the uh, pregame show for football this past season. That was a great opportunity, especially. I I was doing that the past uh, two seasons for U of A football, and being able to analyze, uh, you know, that first season was a little bit rough. Um, The first season that I did two years ago. Oh, the Jed Fish era. Yeah, yeah. first year of the Jed Fish era was, you know. 1-11. Yeah, something to build on, we'll say. And so uh, talking about that week after week with Kyle Quinn, a a great co-host for the pregame show, um, we learned a lot. And then this past year was really fun. First year was really fun. Uh, This past season was really fun as well. This past summer I was doing – uh, the Tucson Saguaros uh, broadcast, doing play-by-play for the uh, live stream. I know you had the manager, yeah. Sean McNeil, on the show, and they had a successful year. They're one game away from winning the Pecos League Championship over the summer out, out at Keno. So, uh, yeah, Tucson Saguaros, always some fun season. But, yeah, hanging out, uh, ha- having having fun, looking forward to a, an exciting – we've had such an exciting week of sports, I feel like, with the LeBron stuff last night and now the Super Bowl, Waste Management Open, uh, U of A's going to the L.A. schools. There's Bay Area. Uh, oh, Bay Area schools, yeah. and it's just, uh, you know, a, a fun week here. Uh, so thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So you're actually tomorrow going to Waste Management Open. Yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday. Oh, yes. oh you're going to the – chaos day it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy i don't i i'm gonna be there to watch golf i know about 95 percent of the people that go to the tournament uh, up in phoenix don't go to watch golf but i'm gonna be uh seeking out some you know clear areas where there's no overly intoxicated people <laughs> and actually watch some good quality golf because it should be actually as opposed to years past where some of the uh, PGA pros don't prioritize the event necessarily. Some of them don't even go because of the reputation it has. Now it's one of those elevated events to kind of compete with live 
golf. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Rory's going to be there. A lot of big big names are going to be there. I'm looking forward to it. You're going to try to find a clear area without intoxicated people? It's going to be tough. I yeah, did, man. I, 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 I did it last year, but I think it was the furthest point from the entrance. I, <laughs> I forget what hole it was, but I, I watched, like, Hideki Matsuyama hit a birdie. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix, Abraham Answer. I, I saw some good pros uh, roll through. I think it was hole – it might have been hole nine or something, just on the complete opposite side of the entrance. So you have to get kind of far. But, yeah. Uh, you can find some spaces. And you're going on Saturday of yeah. all days. Like, I can understand maybe Sunday, because I feel like people who go to golf tournaments on Sundays, mm-hmm. those are the real fans, because they're going for the final round. If it wasn't for the Super Bowl, I, I probably would have, but I'm not going to skip out watching the Super I'm not going to the Super Bowl, but I'm not going to skip out watching just uh, for the Waste Management Open, but th- that should be a fun day, too. Yeah, because Saturday, a whole 16, Yeah, and what's so cool is like I was actually watching uh, the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max. Really good documentary if you haven't seen it. And uh, he hit a hole in one at 16, but it was in 1997. So when you see hole 16, they don't have the grandstands. It's just a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And then when he hits a hole in one, you see a bunch of people throwing beer and stuff like that. And from I guess from that point on, it just turned into the party hole in golf. That that was the uh, the classic raise the roof uh, tiger moment, wasn't yeah. it? Didn't you yeah. walk down the yep. the fairway raising the roof? Yeah, that that's some good stuff. Great documentary. Yeah, I wish Tiger was playing. I mean, before every injuries and he got old, he kind of stopped playing in the the tournament because of the rowdiness. I think so. It, maybe one day though, maybe his his retirement tour, he'll give one last. Uh, one last go at the Waste Management Open one of these years. Well, I got a better idea for him. I mean, he's uh, going to qualify for the uh, Champions Tour fairly soon That's here. That's true. Yeah. We, we, we happen to have a Champions <laughs> event coming up uh, with the Collegar Classic here in a couple of weeks. So we're, we're a lot more dignified and uh, classy here in Tucson. <laughs> Much better for Tiger. Come on down, Eldrick. So before we uh, talk about the Super Bowl, uh, you mentioned LeBron James yeah. setting history last night. Now at 38,000. 390 points. I never thought that Kareem's record would ever be touched. Even when LeBron James was with the Heat and his second stint with the Cavs, I'm like, yes, he's putting up great numbers, and he's going to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball player of all time, but never thought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record would be touched. And here we are. And it's, it's what's truly remarkable, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually pointed this out, that LeBron James uh, was born the same year that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar set the record in oh, really? 1984. Ah. Um, but It's almost uh, the prophecy. Or yeah. Kind of, you know, some kind of Star Wars. Uh, well, and <laughs> and it, it would have been even crazier if he did it, was it tomorrow when they played the Milwaukee Bucks? I was thinking about that. Where Kareem, Kareem played. Yeah. And so I actually had a bunch of buddies. They're like, hey, what do you feel about tonight's game? And I said, I think that NBA script writers are going to have a, a say about this. And they're gonna be like, they're going to get LeBron to set the record against the Milwaukee Bucks, the team that Kareem played for. And then so I told all my buddies, I'm like, bet the under for LeBron James points. And then I go on Twitter, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I'm scrolling, and I see LeBron James pulling up in a very dapper suit. Mm-hmm. He's got pregame headphones that has the number mm-hmm. written on the headphones. He's got Maverick Carter, Rich Paul, all the celebrities who have been with him since day one, his family there. It seemed like... He's not going to disappoint these people. No. He's going to set it tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think he even had his teammates from uh, Akron, his high school basketball uh, teammates there. It, that was an incredible night. And, yeah, he showed up in the all-black, like, funeral fit, like, 
the, uh, the Kareem's record is dying. I would have killed Kareem's record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, no, no, that was great. I agree with you. I didn't necessarily think too much about if LeBron was going to break the record early on, but I think you assumed. Uh, I assumed back in the Miami Heat days when he was really jumping out of the gym and relied on his athleticism and strength so much that he still does um that that just wasn't sustainable because you don't see that as a, a super sustainable trajectory in the nba these guys that are athletic they kind of lose their jump they lose a, a lot of uh speed strength things like that so the fact that he's been able to do that this long isn't there a thing with lebron and i feel like you would know this justin that he invests like a million dollars into his body a year every single year every single year a million dollars into training and uh health and wellness or wh whatever he does to maintain his body and stay that athletic so it's obviously paid off uh to this point um really impressive stuff and i i got not much brings me kind of the joyous goosebumps in um sports as much as it did you know when you're a kid and you see something so great but th that was a moment last night uh when he did it and i i thought in the first half he got off to a little bit of a rough start in the first quarter but then you could see him kind of turn things and you, you could just tell he was going to break it so yeah. that, that was such a fun moment I, I loved watching it last night you know what's even crazier is uh he broke the record on 2723 his scoring average is 27 point Two, three points oh per game. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seriously. Script writers. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I had this, you know, and you guys are too young for this, but so comment how you can. LeBron, look, you could put a billion dollars into your body. To have the discipline to do the work, to get the rest, to eat the right foods, to do the exercise, that's incredible. And what's weird about LeBron is I've never thought of him as a scorer. I always thought of him as a playmaker. And his assist totals, his rebounds, he's a complete basketball player. He's one of the greatest of all time. But the only thing I could think of last night was Michael Jordan wouldn't have let them lose that game. Yeah. And I just I could not get over the fact of, you know what, just for me, I think it's generation. You, yeah. you tell me anybody was better than Michael Jordan in a big moment, and I'm just going to say I disagree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you, you think about that uh, final Kobe game that I was getting a little bit of flashbacks, kind of feeding Kobe the Rock um, at Staples Center where he dropped 60 or whatever, and that was you know for the win against the Utah Jazz, yeah. if I'm uh, remembering. And so, yeah, you're right. I was disappointed that they, they didn't end up winning the game, but I – I don't know, just because the moment was so big and it was more of an individual accomplishment, I, I kind of don't blame the Lakers because it, it, it's like the Lakers are LeBron's third team ever, um, and I think they rank number three in terms of the LeBron uh, eras in, in yeah. terms of importance. So it's just kind of like th this was more of a celebration of LeBron. I don't think it's a as big of a weight to, to me. Yeah. And LeBron's had a very interesting NBA career because he came in as a number one overall pick in 2003 as an 18-year-old. And people crowned him the chosen one. You are the guy. We're going we're gonna to market the hell out of you. You're going to be the, the biggest face in, 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 in basketball. And Brian Windhorst actually said this on SportsCenter last night. LeBron James in his first game against the Sacramento Kings was absolutely petrified. He was so freaking scared to the point where he was going to pee his pants. And then he goes out, 
has a great game and he realizes, okay, I can do this. And then the legend of LeBron James starts and he faced so much criticism. You know, his first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers takes them to the NBA Finals in 2007, but they get whacked by the Detroit Pistons. And, I mean, that was, uh, or excuse me, the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Um, but he had to get through the Pistons to get there. So he finally got through the Pistons, then got swept by the Spurs. But you expect him to beat the Spurs dynasty when you got Anderson Verjao, <laughs> Mo Williams. Uh, who else do they have? Uh, Booby Gibson? Was he yeah, yeah Booby Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they had a bunch of dudes that just weren't really dudes, yeah. to, to say you know kindly. But I, I think that um, – you know, he eventually realized, okay, I need to get away. I need to go away. I need to win a championship because people keep looking at our team success and say, ah, LeBron can't get it done. It's like, well, you try to get it done with Mo Williams as the second best player. So then he goes to the Miami Heat, and people criticized him and hated on him. And me being a Lakers fan, especially at that time with Kobe in his heyday, mm-hmm. I had my criticism of LeBron James too. And he formed the super team. LeBron James is a big reason why super teams are a big thing in the NBA right now. Uh, at least building them. All right, the Lakers were a super team, but they drafted their guys, right? James they did Worthy it, though, and Magic James Johnson. Worthy, they did it. Uh, yeah, I mean, LeBron way, James Ford, Ford. I mean, Will Chamberlain, they traded for him. Kareem, they traded for him. You know, they got Shaquille O'Neal, uh, free agency. So it's a little bit of both. But Jerry West did a great job of building building that team organically. Yes. yes. And LeBron James and Chris Bosh, they go join forces with Dwayne Wade. And people hated them. But he always did things his own way. And that's one thing that I can appreciate about LeBron James is that he ignores what everyone has to say and says, this is how I'm going to do things. And here we are. He's the leading scorer in NBA history. He's top five in assists. He is the complete basketball player. And he's also led three different uh, franchises to championships. I mean, I think that's got to count for something. And I know that a lot of people and, you know, certain generations, you know, some people are probably listening right now thinking, well, people talk about Michael Jordan, LeBron James being the greatest basketball player of all time. What about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? He was a high school phenom. He won national championships at UCLA. I mean, he was so good in college, he had rules changed for him. Yeah. And then he goes on to the NBA, wins five championships, and is the top scorer for 38 years. So people are probably like, hey, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar deserves some love. But Michael Jordan is that dude. 6-0 in NBA Finals history, or 6-0 during his NBA Finals career, and then he really advanced the NBA on a global stage. Yep. And Michael Jordan is just the greatest of all time, in my opinion. But, man, LeBron James, he he makes a really strong argument for the GOAT. And Kareem, too. And Kareem. Mm -hmm. What what do you guys think about, I, I was thinking about LeBron going to Los Angeles, and he's done such a good job of transcending basketball and becoming this business um mogul and, yeah. and becoming a, a Hollywood star, a star beyond basketball. And that's kind of why he moved to Los Angeles, it seems like. Um, but do you think that it's kind of been a detriment to his basketball? Because they did win a champion. They got it done in Los Angeles, even though it was in the bubble. Yeah. They, they got it done for the Lakers. But now it's not looking so hot. So I, I just wonder if he would have stayed in Cleveland or even stayed in Miami and kind of fine-tuned what he already had, he'd be more successful this late in life because he's obviously still a phenomenal basketball player, but they're just not winning games straight yeah. up. And, and, you know, it, Elgin like Baylor since the bubble. was a great basketball player. He was a terrible GM for the Los, or San Diego, then Los Angeles Clippers. 
LeBron James, as great of a basketball player as he is, he's a terrible GM. And the Lakers' ownership has been too weak-kneed to stand up to him and say, we're making decisions that are going to handicap us for years to come. And that's really the, the travesty of it all. Terrible GM. Le, Le GM is not good. <laughs> it's not good. And learn from Michael Jordan. Just because you're a great basketball player doesn't make you a great front office guy. Michael Jordan has been working with – he's been owning the Charlotte Hornets now for a long time. They haven't done anything. And the competitive player that Michael Jordan was, it's kind of surprising that they haven't been at least somewhat competitive. The best thing uh, Michael Jordan did in Charlotte was change them from the Bobcats back to the Hornets. I think that's the uh, <laughs> the number one thing for yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I think LeBron James, when it's all said and done, will go down as arguably the greatest basketball player of all time, and rightfully so. And, you know, we talked about his great accomplishments on and off the court. You know what's crazy is, you know, LeBron James – had every reason to bring shame to his family name. With that much money, a lot of people act a fool with that kind of money. He has not once brought shame to his family name Mm -hmm. and has been such a great figure to look up to, been very inspirational for not just basketball players but youth in general. I've had my criticism of LeBron as a Kobe stan, but I'm willing to admit, man, LeBron James, he's one of one, no doubt. Um, all right, Brody. Well, thanks for coming by, man. Yeah, it was a great time. Thanks for um, having you want Well, you want to hang out? We're going to talk to Adia Barnes. More, sure, more than welcome to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk to Adia Barnes, Arizona women's head basketball coach. Uh, she's going to call in to talk about their upcoming game against the Stanford Cardinal at McHale Center. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. You're listening to Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 94.9 HD Channel 4, and the Spears and Ali podcast. Ollie, big week this week for both Arizona basketball programs. The Arizona women's basketball team, they're in town. They have a big one on Thursday against the Stanford Cardinal. And if you're one of the first 1,000 fans to attend the game, you will get an India Barnes bobblehead. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and uh, I think McHale's going to be just on fire, just electric tomorrow night. And it's going to be a great game. Uh, there's, I just got a feeling in my gut that the Wildcats are – are going to have a real opportunity to win that game tomorrow. Well, let's let's set up the stage here before we get our big guest, Adia Barnes, on the show here. You know, the Stanford Cardinal, they're coming off a loss, just lost to Washington. The Arizona women's basketball team, they're coming off two big-time wins against the L.A. schools on the road. So Stanford hungry for a win, Arizona feeling pretty good about themselves, nationally televised showdown, primetime slot. Man, it's it's as good as it gets. And it looks like we got Adia Barnes joining us here on ESPN Tucson. Coach, always a pleasure hearing from you. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Doing great. Thank you for calling in. And Stanford versus Arizona, you've played in it. You've coached in this rivalry. What can you tell us just about this matchup and and what it means to you? Um, It's going to be a great game, Um, an an incredible atmosphere. So far, we've already sold over 9,000 tickets. Um, so I'm hoping we get at least 13. If a, a sellout would be ideal. I don't know how realistic that is on a Thursday night, but two top teams in the Pac-12 going at it. Um, and both of us are kind of in different spots. They've been killing it. They just came off a loss, and we came off two big overtime wins in L.A., so I think it's going to be fun. What did you learn about your team this past weekend against the L.A. schools? Because you have Shayna Pellington getting it done down the stretch against UCLA, and then Kate Reese putting up 33 against USC. You know, two big-time performances from your veteran players. I'm, I'm assuming you're pretty, you're feeling pretty good about the direction of your team right now. Yes, I, I really feel like last weekend was just a pivotal point in our season. I think that um, we're going to be a lot better. 
and I hope knock on wood because I don't want to say that we go out and play awful, but I think um, we showed a lot of resiliency and that we can um, win and fight and show some great and really tough situations. And we hadn't slept in LA, you know, since, you know, for 21 years. So for us to do that, not play our best basketball, is very meaningful. And I think that we're on the right track to do some special things. And Adia, I'm sure that made for a really good uh, birthday weekend. Happy birthday again, by the way. It did. That was like the best birthday present ever. Yeah. So let me ask Let me ask you this, because of all the times I've had conversations with you, I've always wanted to ask you this question, and I never, I always forget. Why in the women's game are there four quarters, where in the men's game there's only two halves? Is there any logical reason for that? I don't know, but I really like the four quarters, because I feel like they're games within a game. I don't love the halves, and I think it's just so different. I like it to be married after the pros. So I think what we do is better. Well, let me ask you this, Coach. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of pundits out there that don't know anything about the game that they're covering, they talk about, oh, that coach made a really great halftime adjustment just because their team played better in the third quarter or second half. When you get into halftime, walk us into that locker room. What are you doing with your fellow assistant coaches to determine if there are any adjustments to be made going forward? Well, there's always adjustments that have to be made for sure. Um, the first thing we do is when we go into the coaches area, we watch some films. So our video guy, come, he brings like, we tell him what to clip in the first half. We'll say, hey, clip this, clip that. And we, someone texts him from behind a bench, he clips it. And then we look at some of our mistakes and what's happening to lead to those mistakes that we didn't see. And then some of our adjustments will go off of that. Um, usually, like, there's three specific things we want to focus on for the second half. And most of the time, they're defensively or they're ball movement execution of a play offensively. But um, try not to give a ton, just, just some focal points. But you all, we, I've never not had to make adjustments unless we're killing. But then when we're killing someone, I'm always like, okay, it's zero, zero. <laughs> but usually, um, yeah, there's just, like, specific things you want to do. So sometimes they don't enable you. Like, our three quarters on the road were really good. And I think we came out on fire just with a couple of adaptments that I think helped us. Adia Barnes joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. So, Coach, what can you tell us just about your relationship with Tara Vandeveer and just you know, how – Stanford and Arizona, whenever these two teams meet, the kind of matchup it is. And also, I want to go back to the game in 1998 when your team upset Stanford. And I think Stanford had won 22 consecutive in the, leading up to that game. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that was fun. But, you know, the sad thing is it was only one time in college, so that's just annoying. And I think I've only beat Stanford one time since I've been here. We always So I don't even think it's a big rival for her because I don't. to me it's not like a rivalry until it's like more even. And so we need to, while I'm here, I'm determined to hopefully even it out. Yeah. Um, but I have so much respect for Tara. I think she's a brilliant basketball mind. She's someone who's always been honest with me and helps me with it, whatever I need. And I trust her if I call her to ask her questions. Um, so she's really hard to coach against. Um, and so, like, I aspire to be as great as her one day. So, um, you know, sometimes it's funny when I look at, like, last year I was looking at, like, the wins, or in the Final Four, actually. And it was like a DA, like 70 wins. <laughs> and it was like, Tara, 1,185. It was like, oh, gosh, she's only won 1,100 more games than me. <laughs> um, but, like, she has, you know, she's a trailblazer in our profession. And, um, yeah, I just hope to be as great as her one day and win championships. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, the, the the team that you have right now, you have a couple of McDonald's All-Americans, but you also have a couple of McDonald's All-Americans on the way in Brea Cunningham and Jada Williams, and you recruited them from your hometown in San Diego. What can you tell us about the additions that Arizona is getting next season, and what's it like or what does it mean for you to get players that caliber out of your hometown? Well, it means a lot just because when I first got here, we couldn't even get top 100 kids. And I had to build with like some, you know, role players or transfers or kids that were just like 150 that I thought would be great and develop. Um, so I think it just shows where the program is right now. Um, getting kids from my hometown from a good friend's program, you know, a great high school that I wish I would have gone to when I was in San Diego, it's great because I know they're coached well. I know they're prepared. Um, Brea Cunningham is a beast inside. She's one of the few post players in the country that wants to play the post. Most post players want to be a three one day or think they're a guard and they're not. Um, she wants to play inside and likes it and likes the bang. And then Jada Williams is um, Brea's best friend, and she was actually committed to UCLA. She decommitted and decided to come to Arizona. And, you know, her and um, Brea have a – it's like a dynamic duo. They play really well together. They um, are, you know, really close friends, really close families. And then the third one that a lot of people forget is Montea Du. Montea Du, she actually came to us right after Christmas. But if she would have stayed in high school, she would have also been a McDonald's All-American probably. Yeah. And she's a really good player. I think she's going to be a great college player. She's like a six-one, can be a three-four. And um, I think they're just it's a, it's a phenomenal class. And with them and a couple other pieces, I think we have a chance to be really good for the next few years. And with a player like Montea, because you, you mentioned she was an, another five-star player. As a matter of fact, I think she's your highest-rated player on ESPN.com in your recruiting class. But right now she's a part of your team. What's the, the current plan for her, and what kind of gains is she making during her time at Arizona? Um, she's been here like three weeks. Um, she's getting better. She's getting stronger. I think she's going to be way ahead of the other freshman next year just because she had uh, the pleasure of being here six months more. Um, she's She's skilled. She can shoot it. She can handle the ball. She's really smart. She just has to get stronger. But that's just like every freshman. But I think um, she has potential to be really, really special. And I think that she was underrated because she never played on like a really big EYBL circuit. So she's kind of like not as known as the other two, but she's going to be very, very good. Eventually, I hope I can move her to the three position. Do you see any similarities between her and, let's say, a player like Sam Thomas? Yeah, I think that um, very similar. I think she's a little bit more skilled than Sam was at the same age. Okay. But I think I see similarities, and they both have been coached hard. They're both coachable, great kids, good families. Um, I really like kids from that program and from Centennial High School. I think Karen does a really good job. And you know you can coach them because Karen's a really good, hard coach. Yeah. And they always have a very defensive mindset, and that's the way we play. Um, so I think that the adjustment, the adjustment isn't so big. If you get some other kids that come from a very offensive-oriented program, then they come here, they're like, huh? <laughs> and those kids don't do as well. And so last week was the 50th anniversary of McHale Center first opening up his doors. You played in it. You coached in it. What are a couple of memories that come to mind when you think about just your time at McHale Center? Well, it was special. I thought our fans were good. You know, I look back, we only had a couple thousand fans a game. It's so much different after social media and all this publicity. But great team. We were a top 10 team and to only have a couple thousand fans per game. And then you look at now, you look at now all the top teams have like, now we have um, where we average like 7,000 fans. Like that would have never even been like dreamed of years ago. Yeah. 
I think these these kids now they have a chance to probably play in front of, in front of a sold out crowd. And I think that's just shown how much women's basketball has grown and just it continues to grow. And when I first got to Arizona, my first year, we had like a couple hundred fans. Mm. And I remember my third year that we had a big campaign to get a thousand season ticket holders. And now last night I'm at the radio show and listening to how many, um, how many tickets we sold for the Stanford game. We already had sold 9,000 and we have over 7,000 season ticket holders. Wow. So I think that's a phenomenal transformation. You know, uh, coach, uh, all of us coaches are, some of us, I'll just say me, have this insanity about superstitions uh, of things that we always do or never do because it's either good luck or bad luck. Do you have any of those? No, I'm not really superstitious. Like, I think that as a player, I was a little bit, but not like crazy. I just always took a nap and did certain things, but I wasn't like, oh, my shoe has to be put on like this. And I think now that I'm a mom and a coach, like, I could not stick to things. It's like so much harder, so much, so many more things on your brain. So I would probably never be able to do the routine, and it would drive me crazy. So I just am not superstitious. So the first 1,000 fans who attend the game on Thursday, they get an Adia Barnes bobblehead. So i got to get yes, your thoughts on this. Uh, what's it like opening up a gift and seeing a bobblehead of yourself? It's pretty funny, and she's really ugly. <laughs> <laughs> But she does have a big head like me, so, like, I'll take that. Um, I like, she's not too cute, but I think I look better in person, hopefully. Um, no, it's really cool because bobbleheads are just fun. I think, you know, it's it's, a, it's cool to give to your family. Ollie, I will save you guys one. Don't worry. All right, good, because um, I got to tell you, if your bobblehead yeah, you looks better than you in person, then then you're going the wrong no, way, so this is perfect. I know, but then, listen, you're going to have to look at me every day in your office. I don't know if you want that. Oh, I, you know what? Every day, it's going to be prominently displayed. Don't you worry. You're always going to ask. You're going to ask her the bobblehead version of Adia Barnes a yes or no question, and right. you're going to bob the head. She's well, always going to say yes. I the same with superstitions. I'm going to just bobble it every day, and it's going to give me good oh, luck. Man. That's funny. Okay, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> no, um, it's really cool. I think it's, you know, the fans are excited. I actually gave one away at the radio show last night. It's just pretty funny, and it's cool because our players are seeing what we're doing this new tradition here. And it's really good for recruiting, but our seniors are all going to get one. So they have, like, these mini bobbleheads, and they and I, like, help design them. And in the office, we, like, added freckles and, like, nose rings, and they are really funny looking. <laughs> That's and awesome. they are kind of – they not look like them, but then they kind of do. They're, they're hilarious. Did you ever have a bobblehead when you were playing for the Storm? No, no, I didn't. I think only Sue did. Like, I wasn't big time. Sue and Lauren did, and Donovan and Lynn Dunn, but <laughs> – yeah, I wasn't on the bobblehead status for sure. Well, you're big time now. You got that bobblehead. Well, Tara might have a thousand more wins, but you got a bobblehead. So no, yeah. but you know what's funny? Last year I was at the game when they gave away Tara's bobblehead. I actually had ah. <laughs> and she's on a hers is way cooler. She's like on a car after a championship. <laughs> That's awesome. Adia, it's like a little I have it somewhere. Adia Barnes, Arizona. Uh, women's basketball head coach joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. The Wildcats taking on the Stanford Cardinal tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at McHale Center. First 1,000 fans who attend. 7.30. 7.30, excuse me. And it's on ESPN. Get your, but you can get there early. No, get, we, your, we should, get your tickets now. Let's sell out McHale, and it's going to be magical Magical tomorrow, Coach. You're gonna have, it's going to be a great game. I'm knocking twice for you. I it's red out too. I think it's gonna be because last night it was nine thousand. You know what it is now. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a really awesome game. Just I hope it's great for women's basketball. And then you know that's during halftime they're gonna do the top sixteen reveal. Mm-hmm. So our halftime's a little bit longer. So that's gonna, it's like a big day for like women's basketball. Oh wow. 
Well, best of luck to you and your so let's, team. So let's sell out McHale, people. Yeah, let's do it. Get your tickets. Go out to McHale Center, Arizona versus Stanford, 7.30 p.m. Go to McHale Center. But if you don't make it, games on ESPN, nationally televised primetime game. Coach Adia Barnes joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Radio. Coach, best of luck to you and the Wildcats tomorrow. Thank you. Bear down. Bear down. All right, coming up next, Saul Bookman from PHNX talking waste management and Super Bowl. Stay tuned. Spears and Ali coming at you here on ESPN Radio. Man, it's a busy week in Phoenix. You got the Cardinals looking to hire a new head coach, yeah, whoever only, that is. Uh, only Michael Bidwell and Jim Irsay are, uh, have not hired a head coach. Inauspicious <laughs> start to the, to the new season for the Cardinals. Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> you also have Waste Management Phoenix Open. You got Super Bowl 57 in Glendale. The Phoenix Suns just announced their new owner, Matt Ishbia. It's like Phoenix is the hub of sports right now. Going to need an IV on Monday for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Saul Bookman, general manager from PHNX, my good buddy, joining us here on ESPN Tucson. Saul, how chaotic is Phoenix right now? Well, uh, let's see. I started off at Radio Row this morning, then walked across the block to the Suns Arena to uh, see the Matt Ispia press conference and speak to him and his brother. And then I jumped in the car, went out to the Waste Management Open uh, to do a few meet and greets with some potential sponsors and uh, see J.J. Watt, take a shot at the 16th. And then I drove all the way back, and now I'm back at Radio Row before we have a little soiree tonight at 7 o'clock. I am exhausted, and that's probably how most people feel right about now. Absolutely. And you were just at uh, Waste Management Open. Um, I've never been to the, the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, so – how would you describe the the Saturday of Waste Management Open to someone who's never been there before? Oh man, um, I mean it's the biggest it's the biggest party in the state, if not the country. Um, in such a there's so many people. Um, I think they said something like maybe 150,000 people, maybe 200,000 people a day, if, yeah. if not more. Um, and it's just, it's just insane. It's yeah. just insane. There's a lot of drunk people, which is fun. Um, everybody puts on their, their, their best, you know, attire, which is also fun. Um, and everybody's just there to have a genuinely great time. It's a, it's a blast. It's, it's my favorite event that I've ever been to year after year. And you got to see our guy Manolo teaches golf. I get a text uh, message that's from, it. from, from it, Saul baby. Bookman. And that's it. Hell yeah. Man, if you're, a, if you're a golf fan, if you have an Instagram, you got to look up Manolo Teaches Golf. It's some of the best videos ever. Don't be nasty. Um, but, Saul, <laughs> uh, you just mentioned that you were at the Matt Ishbia press conference today. You know, we talked about how he's was thinking about maybe adding Isaiah Thomas, but then shot that down. Uh, but what did you make of just the the plan that he has in place to lead the Phoenix Suns moving forward? Well, listen, I, I, whatever plan he develops, um, and based on the, the people that I've spoken to within UWM, which is his mortgage company, um, it sounds like uh, he's very much a, a family-oriented, uh, kind of team-focused kind of guy. And uh, when you care about your people and you care about them so much that you want to see them succeed and you want to give them all the tools to succeed, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a winning solution. And so that's on paper. That's what he's going to do. He has proven that he's done that at, at his mortgage company. Um, and so I hope that the people, listen, there are some really, really good individuals at the Phoenix Suns. And I think this doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Everybody talks about how, how toxic 
Robert Sarver and some of the people in his organization are. Um, there's still some toxic people still in that organization, but for the most part, everybody I've ever come across has been top-notch, professional, courteous, and some of the best people you could ever meet. Um, they deserve better. They deserve better than what they got for the last uh, decade and a half. And uh, I, I truly do believe that Matt Ishpia is going to be the guy to, to look at some of those weak points, look at some of those um, hot spots in terms of uh, potential cancers to that organization, and he's going to clean house. And it might take, like he said, it might take 30, 60, 90, 120 days, but it's going to happen, um, and a change is going to come. Saul, you know, from a, for a guy that brought so much to the Valley the last three years, the, all the talk Thank about you. we got to get rid of Thank Chris you. Paul seems Thank somewhat you. cold to me. But business is business. Is that what the Phoenix Suns have to do if they're going to be uh, a contender this year? Are they going to have to move on from Chris Paul and find a replacement? Um, it just depends on who they can get in the trade market. Listen, they, they've always had to replace um, what they were going to lose in his scoring uh, because he's not consistent enough to provide that scoring. Uh, so if they can get uh, uh, somebody that can create their own shot, um, they won't have to get rid of Chris Paul to do that. Now, if you can upgrade, then obviously that's something you want to take a look at. But there's not very many guards, uh, point guards out there that you can upgrade from. Uh, maybe a Fred Van Fleet, um, but I don't. There's just, there's just not much to play with. So I don't think right now is the time to move on. I would look in the off season uh, for the for the Suns to make that decision whether or not it's worth it to keep Chris Paul in the fold at his age and at his production level. Speaking of uh, basketball. Uh, what did you make of LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for all-time scoring? And I know you're a big-time Michael Jordan guy, Saul, but do you think that this has maybe some factor into the GOAT conversation? Uh, he is the all-time leading point scorer, and I think that he will go down as one of the greatest basketball players to ever uh, play this game. I love him. Uh, as a person and his philanthropic, um, you know, ventures and what he's given back to uh, the community uh, in Akron, what he's given back to various other places that he's been to. Um, he's not my goat, and that's fine, uh, but he is one of the greatest of all time, and uh, I think he deserves the utmost respect for that uh, alone. Uh, and so then when you add in everything else, like, there's no sleeping. LeBron James is one of the greatest players to ever Grace the basketball court, and that's undeniable. Absolutely. You know, as a Laker fan and as a guy that, you know, was hoping for LeBron to break the record, Saul, I had one overwhelming sense last night, and that was Michael Jordan would not have let his team lose this game to Oklahoma City. That's, you know, every it seems like somebody put out a tweet that, like, basically every big-time record he's ever broken, he's basically he's lost those games. Um, and that's <laughs> – it's kind of it's kind of a microcosm sometimes of, of like, the ultimate debate, the debate like, yeah, but he's he's the ultimate yeah, but guy um, at at the at the most premium of levels. Like uh, he he's the all time leading scorer. Yeah, but he hasn't won all these championships. Uh, you know he's he's been to the finals like seven eight times. Yeah, but he's only won three. Uh, you know it's it's just a, a constant yeah, but. And I think you know for myself personally, I'm I'm kind of past that point now with him. Um, I'm just going to recognize his greatness and appreciate what he's given to the game at his age. And when he retires, he's going to retire as one of the greatest basketball players ever, and he deserves to be. Real quick, Saul, before we let you go, Eagles or Chiefs this Sunday? I'm going to take the Chiefs. I feel like Patrick Mahomes on two-week rest with that ankle, as long as it doesn't get re-aggravated, um, I think he's too much for the Eagles. And I think the Eagles are overrated. That's just how I feel. Saul Bookman, GM from PHNX. Man, 
so much going on in the Valley right now. PHNX is, they have boots on the ground at every single event. Make sure you follow them at gophnx.com, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, PHNX Sports, and follow Saul Bookman on Twitter as well. Saul, always appreciate you. Have fun in the Valley this week. All right, fellas. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. Uh, I just looked up at the TV, and they said uh, the Arizona Wildcats are currently projected to be a number one seed in Joe, Lunardo, Joe Lunardi's bracketology. Hasn't that been the case for most of the year? Uh, well, they've been like number two, number three. Yeah, but I would say majority of the year we've been a number one seed. As long as we don't have Xavier or Gonzaga in our bracket, I don't <laughs> care what seed we are. All right, we are going into last call. One final segment for today's Spears and Ali. If you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number. 719-1490. More Spears and Ali coming up next. One last segment of today's Spears and Ali here on ESPN Tucson. Huge thanks to our guests, Saul Bookman from PHNX, Bruce Pascoe from the Arizona Daily Star, and Ryan Finley from the San Diego Union Tribune. We also had our good friend Brody Dryden stopping by in studio. Always love catching up with Brody. And then Adia Barnes at 525. If you missed that interview and you want to go back and listen to Adia Barnes talk about their upcoming matchup against Stanford, then uh, subscribe to the Spears and Ali podcast. It will be posted in about uh, one hour or so. Yeah. Maybe we should post it on our social media, too, just that interview. We should. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. so if you want to go to the Spears and Ali podcast, you can find that uh, interview, uh, I think, like I said, about an hour or two, and we'll be sure to uh, post it on our social media accounts. Um, so I'm going to be at the Waste Management Open the next two days. Good luck. Do you dare put me on the air? At, at what time? I don't know. Is it? Are we getting uh, – because remember, it's from 3 to 6 – yeah, you might and want more of a 3 o'clock Ali than a 5, a 5 o'clock, o'clock Ali. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. You text me. You what, let me know. What does one consume at the Waste Management Phoenix Open? Uh, one consumes whatever is their heart's delight. A lot of, it's all there. A lot of water? A lot of seltzer. If you you got to hydrate for sure. Yeah. Maybe uh, intermix a drink with a, with a water. Get you through the day. You got to... You got a game plan it for sure. Don't don't go in with both feet like you're you're jumping into a dark pool. You don't know how how high that is. You could hurt yourself. All right, if you want to call into the show, it's time for last call 719-1490 719-1490. Looks like we got Fat Mike joining us. Or no, it's Tom. Sorry, Tom. You, Fat Mike called in earlier. What's up, Tom? That's all right. It, it's Willis. I I uh, I was talking with Valdez because we had met before and then so that's why we got calm. So okay. It's Willis. What what you talking about, Willis? I, I was talking about is Purdue that good that they can lose a game and not be uh, knocked off the number one? Uh, no. No. No, it's terrible. It's a complete. Yeah. Eddie's a great player, but the rest of that the rest of that team, I hope Arizona plays Purdue in the Elite Eight or, or Final Four because I think with our big yeah, guys, I, mean, I think we're going to destroy them. Yeah, we, Without him, uh, they're nothing, really. They're nothing. So, but yeah, yeah, I just um, I like to be a hater when it comes out to top twenty-five. But you know what? That's more locker room material. Absolutely, bulletin board material, my friend. And uh, Willis, bulletin board, locker room, whatever. We always, uh, we always love. See, 
Ali and I, we're also haters too. So anytime you want to call in and be a hater, you're more than welcome to call in. But we got about 30 seconds left before the end of the show, so we got to go. But always appreciate your phone calls, Willis. Talk soon. I'm not always a hater. What are you talking about? You put, Don't put that on me. You I'm hate Mr. on a lot of things. I'm Mr. Positive. I am direct and honest. That doesn't make me an a-hole. That just makes me direct and honest. <laughs> That's very true. Right? Well, you hate on the Baltimore Ravens. But I respect You hate on the Cleveland Browns. Because they don't deserve any respect. <laughs> what about the Patriots? I respect the Patriots, too. They have one of the best coaches of all time. I Direct mean, and honest. Michael Bidwell and Jim Irsay are the last two owners who have not hired a head coach. Fact. You hate the Celtics. I, yeah, I hate the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. Hate so, the Celtics. You hate the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. Always hate Boston. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Spears and Ali. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, starting at 3 o'clock right here on ESPN Tucson. Just take that leprechaun and stuff it up your... <laughs>